are just after leaving Drummore West and we're on our way to Glen Eski to pick up Mary and Bridget. I have the rest of the passengers picked up at the moment. And when I pick up Mary and Bridget, we'll travel to Ballina, where they will do their shopping and be collected again at a quarter past one to be brought home, door to door, shopping carried for them. I'm on the Ballina bus, part of the North West Sligo Rural Transport Scheme. Annette Queenan is the driver. You and your husband, do you own these buses? My husband is the owner of the buses and I'm his driver. We've done well since rural transport came because we have got to meet so many people. We've got to meet elderly people we didn't know that existed in the area. It's great to see them so happy on the bus. They're meeting people that they haven't met in months. They're, They're so friendly and, as I say, Someday I probably will be old if I live that long and I would love someone to come to my back door, put me on a bus, bring me to Ballina, bring me to Sligo, carry my shopping and bring me back home to my back door again. So we're turning down we're left? We're turning down left now for the two sisters. What's your name? Kathleen Culkin. Kathleen, where are you off to now? I'm going to Ballina. I'm going to do my shopping. And maybe go for a cup of tea, myself and my friend. We do have a great time. It, 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 it's a new life for us. You get out of the house and you meet people and you, you know, you won't be bothering this one or that one to do shopping or anything. So, Will you now um, divide off when you get into the town or will you and Kathleen shop together? We, uh, sometimes, if we, if we have much to do, we'll go, go our own way. And then again, if we haven't, we'll have a cup of coffee. And then maybe separate, so we don't stay together. Therefore, you'll do more shopping maybe sometimes. And would you but look at nice things together no, now? No, could we would, Manny. We would. Lots of things we'd like. Me, me, my husband did drive, and I, I didn't ever live in Yeah, But my husband is, is dead now. Yeah. Seven years ago. Seven years ago, so that's it that was it we didn't learn to drive and we didn't people didn't bother that time but my husband died six years ago so I couldn't drive and a lot of farmers wives wouldn't have learned to to drive yes that's true I didn't a lot of us didn't we had your husband you just went to know my car and that was it now Mary you can drive yes I can yes but it's just by sheer accidents that I learned and I was glad I did because it's very useful apart from the that we have the bus and that but to have the carers even handy we enjoy getting away and getting ahead or chatting or a cup of tea <laughs> Lorraine Rolston from the local office in Dromore West meets the bus and she shouted it back Another Mary lives with her son Michael on the verge of the Ox Mountains. I'm not bragging about myself, but I everything I put down grows. Well, you have green fingers, so even take a, I'll take slips for wherever I go. Way, come home, stick it down anywhere. It grows. It used to be an old shed now here. Ah, right. So we've got that taken away last year. I, I first, I, I used to drive. And it, I didn't start driving till late in life. And then I learned to drive. And 
My eyes get, get very, very tired when I'd be driving. And I'd have to stop and, you know, wipe them. And then it got so bad, then I used to leave Michael here. He's disabled. I used to leave him out at some of the local pubs because he likes to play pool. And I began to notice that I couldn't see the signs along the road. So I thought, well, now it's time that you did something about this. Went to see a specialist. This is what they discovered. It's a, like a deterioration to the back of your eyes. I can see those trees and all from here, but everything is blurred, like blurred vision. I'm not too far from the main road up here, but if I go down to the main road, I have to cross it to get the bus to Sligo, the, road, the service bus. I cannot see far enough away there could be traffic coming and I cannot see them and I can't even see the bus far away till he's quite close to me. And then I wave him down. I used to do that, you see, before we got the rural bus. They collect me out right outside the door. I miss getting into my little car and driving over to Dromore West every day for a star newspaper mm-hmm. to do my crossword because I cannot read and I cannot write. If I write, it's a scribble. It's all muddled up. You married into this farm, is that correct? That's right, yeah. So wh- where did you come from? And I came. I was born in County Tyrone. And I went to America when I was 18. And I spent 20 years in America. I met my husband in Chicago. And we got married, and I have two boys. So my husband inherited the family farm, and we decided that we would come back because it was much better for to rear our children here in Ireland. And we returned here in 1968, and I've been here since. And what did you make of the Ox Mountains and this area when you moved back here? thought it was very very backward very backward and I thought so far from town I lived in a city where you everything was so convenient I wasn't going to stay I was going to go back again but then as time went on and the children were with me here I decided I would stay so I'm not I'm not sorry now that I that I but you didn't hook it. No, I didn't <laughs> hook it over the, over the mountains. This is the house that we came to when I came from America. There was no water. There was no bathroom. And was your husband, did your husband take to it better than you because it was his home place? He was often sorry, you know, that he did come back, but because he had a good job and clean and work eight hours and he had his weekends and all off. But at the same time, he didn't like to see the family farm go, and that's why we stayed. So my husband passed away uh, six years ago. That, That was a big blow to me. My other son lives down the road as you come up here. And does Michael use the rural transport scheme? Yes, he does. 
Do you use it, Michael? I yeah. Do. I do, yes. Do you get to have a social life here? No, not a social life. I go into town tw- twice a week in the evening uh, to the Chanel Club. Do you get to play snooker there? Yes, I do. Are you good at it? Fairly good. I'm owed a hundred thousand at the moment. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Any chance of getting paid then? No, <laughs> I don't think so. I'm out luck, I'm afraid. The next day, Mary and Michael are collected by Dermot Finneran on his Sligo-bound bus. Morning, Dermot is my name. Hello, how are you? How are you today? Not so bad, not so bad. You got on the bus okay? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And what are your plans for today? I will have to get my hair cut and I have to... uh, Post a few letters. So we're going down to the sea here, Dermot, are Sorry, we? I have two people now, you know, that uh, that use the wheelchair lift to get on and off. So, if you want to come out now, so long, we can. Oh, so you can get on the bus this way? I have to, because my legs, uh, my legs won't get me up any other way. So I have to. It's great, isn't it? You're getting a lift up. I wouldn't be able to get up at all only for this. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic, isn't it? The second lady now next to she'll be using where she'll lift as well. Thursday. Have you seen by one o'clock or something? Yeah. Is it? By one or going when? What party is this? Oh, it's a active age group. Ah, this is a great service. This. When did you start using it? I'm using it now, I suppose. What's your name? I'm Margaret Burns. I'm using it now, I suppose. My son's two years ago killed. I'm using it since that. Mm. Over two years, two years and well, a few months. So you were living with your son before this? Ah, well, I'm still, I have still one son yet, but the other son was killed in it. So this took me out, out of my box. I'd be sitting in the house, you know, pondering and crying and going on. And I started then going on this. I couldn't go on the big bus, the main bus. Wasn't able to get up on it. Couldn't get up on the steps. But the, like, the camaraderie and the fun and it's great, wonderful. I don't know what we'd do if we hadn't it, if we lost it. We'd miss it, wouldn't we? Miss it terrible, no. So we would. And what's wrong with your legs? <laughs> Old age. 
One of them will get up, the other one won't come after. <laughs> they do as they want. <laughs> but it's great, you know, meet, you meet everyone, you talk to everyone. and We've met these people before, but we'd just say hello and away you'd go. Now we've everybody got to know one to know another. Everybody, everybody yeah. knows everything about everybody now. Morning, morning. So why do, what's your name? Uh, Carmel Cleary. And why do you use the, the bus, Carmel? Um, well, I don't drive, and I'm off the main road. So uh, Dermot comes and collects me at the door. So it's grand. And do you live on your own, or do you have family? No, well, I have a son, yeah, who's with me most of the time. But they're away. Like when they're you know, away houses work. are closed up yeah. now. No, they're not away working. And, of course, they don't have the patient. What's the anyway if they bring you? You have to go home in a half an hour. <laughs> Where Dermot gives us three hours. You know, when he's... Uh, today, suppose, it's a wee bit later when you were, uh, you know, going round with him. But uh, we have three hours every... Go to Mass, and you can go to Mass, and different things in town. Have a bit to eat. And, you see, the problem was I'd be still sitting inside now. And then I joined the... I don't call myself an old person. <laughs> we joined the active age group and that took me out as well, you know. So it was a, it was a blessing, like, you know. But uh, it's great. I wouldn't be without it now. And the drivers, he's a saint. How he puts up with us, I don't know. <laughs> so he's not rushing you or oh, anything? Oh, not at all. And he never, he never would lose his, you know, temper. He just, he just gets on with it. Would you give him cause to lose his temper? No, we could. <laughs> <laughs> we could sometimes. <laughs> but he wouldn't. He's too much of a gentleman. And do you think now, do you, are you, where you live, is that pretty isolated or is it more oh, you, that you're slightly disabled with your legs? No, no, it's, it's isolated. And then if I had to leave my door, same as some of them here, you'd have three miles to walk go to get the CIE bus. When you get off the bus when you come home you'd have to walk home with your groceries or whatever you had with you. And if you were in town you have to go way up to the bus station. Which is suppose another good And like we're not we're not able just we're not able. We were when we were younger but today we're not able. And are you a widow? <laughs> God we're all widows I think. All these women majority of us. That lady there lost her husband very over a year ago. Her husband to come on. This lady never was married. But we are a lot of us. The lady now we're going down to here. Wonderful lady too. Needs to hear. Another wonderful. And it doesn't annoy you that you have to tour the country? Oh, not at all. It's lovely. Oh, it's lovely. It's lovely. We see the country when we didn't when we were living. We didn't see it. <laughs> screen we get out with Des and visit his house where he lives with his wife Anne. Martina is their daughter. I've always lived here now and I didn't go too fair for the woman either. Not this other one. I was right and she was left. Not too fair. My age will do it too. We had no cares that time or anything on the bicycle. And the flash lamp and maybe taking the battery could go on too, wouldn't it? It's a mile and a half from the nearest bus you know, road. And in dark evenings and all like that, it's cycling. And when you get age, when you get on in years, you're not able for cycling or anything like that. So why do you have any transport here yourself? No transport, only the bicycle. 
No, I don't want him not able to say the hip operation. I'd have to go to Beltre or the fiddler's elbow, and it's much too much, each of them, mm-hmm. the distance. That was all right going away early in the daylight, yeah. but trying to huckle home at night. Fiddler's team right now, when they be off, they go down to Beltre or the fiddler, and you'd be all wet be, when you'd land below and stay in them wet clothes, do a bit of shopping in town and be all wet into the skin. Coming home the same, couldn't be so bad coming home, you could change, but going away. And is it hard to farm without any kind of transport? Because you'd have to get feed stuff and all of that. Well, it is. You have to go to the store, the co-op, to order it. The travelling van will deliver it, though. Now, you're a very young-looking 75, is it, you said you were? 77 in the February. I'm sort of semi-retired. The hip put me out a year altogether, you know. I had the operation in July. In the June, and I was hobbling with pain and killed for, I suppose, how many months? Uh, I couldn't either eat. I couldn't either eat nor sleep nor nothing. It had me wasted. I improved now since the hip that done me a lot of hair. So up to getting your hip replaced, were you chasing cattle and everything? Well, I had fellas working. I was only supervising. <laughs> and do you find where you live now, do you think this is an isolated place, having been brought up here all your life? Ah, well, it is now, as regards transport. Very isolated now. It isn't, but there's worse places with the people on, on Dermot's bus. Worse, down at the sea and round about. And all the, all the time, did you ever think of learning how to drive? No, until I was too late. That's when I thought it would. Because... I walked. No, I walked. I walked out to strike a town with cattle. I'm going on a bus now. I walked out to Ballymoat. I walked out to Tubbercurry. I walked out to Drumore West. But there'd be three or four of us together chatting, and we'd never find the time pass it. Never passed any heat. Different era now altogether. All changed. People and everything. Everything has changed. You'll meet nobody now, unless you go to the pub. You wouldn't hear whether a p- person is dead or sick or not. You meet no one on the road. Anyone on the road you meet now might pull up with you. Oh, I haven't time. I must be going. I have so much to do. Our time, pitching and tossing and round at the corners and chatting. None of that now. You know, you, you got nowhere. We had no car or anything, you know, so you had to go on the bike or walk. But then we had good summers. We had beautiful summers. You don't have any summers nowadays. Only rain. You know, we, I used to be as brown as a berry in the, in the summer. But I think we're living in better times. You'd like to think we're living in better times. I know what you're saying about you go and everybody's out working because they have to because they have young children. They have mortgages. They have to pay for child-minding facilities. And if he, like, he's 76, going on 77. Mammy's 75, going on 76. They're not going to get insurance and he can't drive any. You know, and you... You wouldn't put him in a car because he'd be only a danger to himself and others. But no disrespect to you, know. I, I, we, we, we even were laughing, John and myself, my husband and myself, we'll get him a quad. We're just so being, you know, we weren't getting a quad chance to me, we're going to kill himself with the quad. When you go on the bus, you'll meet company and you'll have a chat about everything, the weather and everything, Christmas and all like that. I didn't do much. My husband did the most of the shopping and all that. Not, not a woman first. Me does all that work. I do all that. So are you good at shopping and doing I all am, that? But I do have to. She does make out the list for me. That's and I have it in my pocket and I can copy it in. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes for a pint. Don't let him go. You know, I, thought, I was trying to ask him that now. And was he not telling you that? <laughs> Very partial to a pint of Guinness. Good. Well, so he says, medicinal and all that. <laughs> so you can take a little foray into a public house when you're inside. Yeah, yeah. Just rest for a minute or while. Again, yeah. Towns aren't either country folk at all. You get nothing there, honey. No one to. Unless you know a fella now, you might meet a fella from the country and have a chat with him, you know, for a while. See how was it going in North Slug and the sheep sales and all that. Thing like something like that. And what's your day like, Des? What, what do you do? Well, not a lot. I do take out the ashes in the morning, set the fire. Feed the dog, go in, maybe I'd have two cattle left now. This, I'd have three left this evening, I might feed them until the end of January. Look at them. It's a bit of, to walk, you know, as I've only to walk to do it. And, and do you find the day long? Well, not this time of year. Not this time of year. Before I got the hip done, I used to be always shuffling at something. I'd be cutting a few briars or with the old sail, cutting a few trisses or, you know, something. You know, be at something. We're all we have oil now. Before this I used to go to the bag and we'd have torque, but we're all on the oil now, radiators and we had an old cooker here and I didn't invest in another one. I says that we'd have this little fire that we could look at look at and I like it. A hair fire. Very nice. I think besides a range. I'd sooner fair sooner than a range. We had an old range but got old and said we go a bit modern and keep a bit with the times. Camilla Smith is the Sligo-based community worker who instigated the Rural Transport Scheme. The 1996 census, over 42% of the population of West Sligo were in the older age dependency. In other words, 42% of the past, of the population were over the age of 65 in 1996 in West Sligo. That's twice the national average. In the context of the social cohesion funds at the time, which had been agreed in the Maastricht Treaty, it was recognised that people living in rural areas had a right to access to rural transport but that that transport had distinctive features which were different from public passenger transport as we understood it to be. And it was following on from that that the Rural Transport Initiative, as we now know it, was was born. And funding was made available through the department to develop models of best practice in rural transport. There were 34 projects funded, of which there are still 34 and that two years came to an end. It's coming to an end this year, in fact. But the minister, the new minister, Martin Collin, has agreed to extend that to the end of 2006. So using a community development approach, we decided to develop the Rural Transport Initiative in the West Sligo area, which is the area that showed the highest level of need, vis-a-vis transport need in that rural, in a rural area. And... What I did was I put together what I called a local transport working group in the area, which is people who live in the community and who know their neighbours best. And we set about designing transport solution based on the needs of that local community. And what we decided to put in place 
was a house to house demand response of pickup service. What that is that the bus will come to your house and pick you up and drop you at your destination, be it in Slag or Ballina, or even if it's only to collect your pension or whatever, and bring you back to your house in the afternoon. And we divided West Sligo into 17 little community cluster areas. We had people who identified neighbours who might benefit from the Rural Transport Initiative. And they went in and spoke with their neighbours and told them that this service was available. Now, we started the service on the 31st of January last year with nine passengers. By the end of the year, we had over 5,000 passengers. So it has been a huge success. In 2004, uh, we received continuation funding and we've continued to grow the services. But by the end of this year, we will carry over 11,000 passengers. The landscape and the topography of West Ligo is very beautiful. You have the Ox Mountains on your left as you drive along the road to Ballina and you have a beautiful Atlantic Ocean on your right. But in between, you've just got the N59. But you have thousands and thousands of country lanes and country roads traversing that road. And I know that there are people living between six and seven miles up into the King's Mountain down towards the sea at Ochre's Head who have absolutely no opportunity of accessing public transport heretofore. There would be large numbers of small farms in the West Lago area, and in fact it's quite good land. So there are large numbers of people who would have lived and farmed and worked in that area all their lives, who may never have learned how to drive a car. And for them, the transport has been a godsend. You know, 20 years ago, there were local post offices, local shops, local creameries, People didn't have need to travel as much as they do now. But local post offices were closed down and essential pieces of local infrastructure have been lost to large rural areas, particularly in places like West Sligo. And as a result, people are having to travel further for essential goods and services. Since we joined the EU in 1973, there has been speed of that change has been it has been phenomenal so much so that perhaps it has left a whole section of Irish society behind and that's not just in West Sligo but that's all over Ireland. It's almost like the hidden Ireland. It's like the people who have been left behind by these dual carriageways. Back on the bus we meet Nora. Unfortunately, I do not drive a car up to that. I had to find my way to the main road to use the public CIE bus. I live I live on my own. I was reared with an aunt and her husband, and I inherited her old house and farm. My, brother, my brothers lived close to me. Many a day I never saw anybody but the postman. How do you spend your day then? Do you uh, do you have animals, for example? I have, yeah, I have. Farming is my great interest. The cows I have now are sucklers. And I keep my cattle. And my farm is only small, but I still enjoy it. And only for good neighbours, I wouldn't be able to have any animals. And I live in, when you come, you'll see nothing but an old house where everything is old. Those ladies, they'd be all talking about it being lonely and where I am, but around where I live wasn't lonely one time because there were a lot more houses in it. 
we get off the bus with Nora. Come up to you, where you come up to the fire. Is that a settle bed? That's an old settle bed. Everything here is old. Ah. And you never changed anything? No, no, I won't. I keep it all like that now. Everything is is old and very little changed in it. When it was built first, it had one room, one room in a kitchen. And this lower room then, my grandmother always said it was built in later years when one of the girls emigrated to America and her husband and two children were coming on a holiday. And they built um, the room for her homecoming. So that room is there. Then outside is the granary. That was another of the real old things. And long, long ago they danced in them. They held dances in it and the traditional Irish music was played in and that. And that's still the that's same That's still way. there, yeah. Can we have a look? Oh, you can, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's the muckiest now. I will we'll see a bit that's not too mucky. Mm-hmm. This area around here goes right out to the road and right down along to the end. And how many animals do you have? Lots in Twelve and a baby calf. And you, you look after this. I mean, I know you have people you can call on, but you do all the farming yourself. Uh, well, now I do it in a very, it's only in a simple way, and I'm not able to have my farm the way I like. But as things get better, I may be able to make changes and do a little more. Now the winter months are the hardest. Like the cattle are a worry in winter, and but for so far it's not too bad. I used to hand milk cows in the in the years gone by. We used to hand milk cows and buy calves. It was one of the things that I loved doing was milking a cow. And there was a lot of fowl kept here in the far back days. And the hens used to be hatched and the chickens came out above on that loft. And that was another of the things that I loved when I was a child. I used to come down from home to see that, to see the chickens coming out of eggs. And no child sees that now. They are then and it would be amazing to hear them chipping the eggs and watching them come out. They'd be brought down then and put in um, boxes and barrels and reared. And my aunt, she always had her, her own fresh chickens. And she used to cook the chicken, roast it in an oven and do the potato stuffing and onions and it used to be beautiful. So that big building over there with the door above and the door down below, that's the granary? That's the granary. Now that was that was built by my aunt's husband's brothers who went to America. That's where the dances were before? That's where the dances were now. The, those Yanks came from America and they had a dance for them above there and this Italian man put on his beautiful clothes and went up and when he, he was all dushed when he came back from the dance with them all dancing around him but he enjoyed it. Yeah, I heard that history of the place. They danced there and um, So I would people come from the farms around here? like? Oh, they would in the very far back days. That was where the, they had their social life, the country house dances and the dances on the lofts anywhere there was one. This is the granary. This is where they danced. Oh, and so they, it was upstairs they danced? Yeah, it was upstairs they danced. Oh, it's fantastic, danced, I guess they played it? in there at that end and danced around. It's just beautiful. You see, those were used in the far, far back days for trashing. They kept a lot of grain in it and whatever flails or things that they did the trashing with in the far back days. They stored the grain here. And there's the only one of them now that's left around the place in good condition is this one. Mm. 
No mention an Italian dancing there. we visit Stella. Well, I'm in Balikomaniniski, you know, I'm three miles from the nearest village and I'm just from up the road there, about half a mile and got married and moved down here and settled down here. We have six in family and, well, my oldest is over 30 and my youngest is going on for 18. I never learned to drive, which was a... A big mistake. Nor my husband doesn't drive, and uh, the cars weren't as plentiful that time as they are now. Well, when I came here first, now which was over thirty years ago, there weren't any cars, many cars on the road at all. Just the local postman had come in, or maybe somebody visiting. But you know, the children would be out on the road playing, and there wasn't that many cars. You weren't afraid. But now they seem to be passing in and out every five minutes, and that, and then when. I never just learned, and um, I was nervous, I suppose, then going on the roads now because of so much traffic and that. So. And your husband never learned? He was in England, and he took a few lessons, and then when he came home here, he didn't continue that. And Well, we used to travel by CIE and our bicycles. We'd cycle down to the village, and uh, that was the nearest place that there was the bus passing and um, we'd cycle there and get the bus there into town Belnair, Sligo and do our bit of shopping mm. I don't know what would happen if we didn't learn to cycle. With six in family was that very difficult not having transport? Well it was but then when we used to carry them on the bicycles with us we had little seats for them and I'd carry one and my husband would carry another one. Then when the bigger ones the older ones started to grow up. They got little bikes of their own and they used to cycle with us. The school wasn't too far away, so they just cycled to school. And um, well, they cycled to Whiskey, then to school, to the nest, to the secondary school. Well, the quality of life would be have would have been better if we did have a care. We'd be able to go more places as a as a family, you know. And um, especially in the wet weather now. If you had planned on going someplace, maybe on a Sunday in the afternoon, and it might turn out wet, and well, then you weren't able to go. I remember one time taking two of mine to a show in Belnair, and it was a very wet day. And we cycled down to Whiskey to get the bus. I probably had one of them on the little chair, and the other one cycled. And when we got there, we were all wet, <laughs> and we went on to the show, and sure, it was a desperate day, and... We were all wet and I suppose we were just drying out or something and everybody was looking at us and when it was just getting good we had to come home again, you know. The rural transport is great altogether. John comes here for me on a Friday and he'll pick me up at the door and I do me shopping and he leaves me back again and that and that's great because, um, you know, with the, when I did have a lot of children here, you couldn't do that an awful lot of shopping and carry it home on your bus because you'd have to carry it again then on your bicycle. So that was very difficult. From once you get on the bus until you get off, it's a laugh and everybody seems to get on with a big smile on their face. You know, they're so happy, so happy with it.
Sligo, Dermot is packing up the bus and his passengers. Local farmer Jared Queenan is chairman of the Rural Transport Initiative. We're living in rural Ireland. There's an awful lot of people in rural Ireland that wouldn't have that sort of money to put into a car and to insure a car. If you want to buy a car today, you want €20,000. And then learn to drive and all that. You're talking about 30000 Th- These people wouldn't have that sort of money. Because we're doing it. I'm here as voluntary. We're coming from the voluntary sector. Now, I mean, we're not costing them any money and we're running the thing for them. Were you, did you have to approach some of the older people early on to try and sell the idea of rural well, transport to them? we did, surely. And, and how did you go about doing that? Well, we went as far as them and chatted with them and asked them, like, what did they think about this new scheme that was coming out that were trying to promote it? And they said they thought it was a great scheme and that they, they would use it. And did they no. say yes straight away or were well, people a bit wary? No, well, they were, you know, there was an odd one wary, all right. But, like, uh, after the first or second... Uh, run, they were away and you couldn't stop them off and now and I'd say to myself that uh, socially it's it's the best thing that ever happened in rural Ireland and I, I believe myself and parts of the country that there's a few big romances going on too. I believe now up in County Mead, I was talking to a few of the colli- uh, colleagues up in Mead and they said that there was r- romances going on and that there could be a, a marriage out of the rural transport and uh, you know with the passengers so not in Stern and Sligo yet well I, I don't think so but you never know you know like over the Christmas now when the, we're, we're taking them out for a big night out and you never know when they get a few uh, little drinks in that they'd pop the question you know Shopping. Oh, I've done a bit of shopping, yes. Look, don't you see, it's loaded. <laughs> <laughs> We're all loaded. Did you get bargains? We, well, we, do, we tried for them anyway. We went to the place where we know we're, we're, we're getting used to knowing where to go now. We're getting very independent. Oh, we spent all our money, look at that. We do say when we're leaving home, we're going to buy nothing. And then when we come in, we... You have two grand bags there. <laughs> I haven't two more there. How did you do, Mary? Oh, I, uh, somebody said, are you going to have a feast? You're all invited to my feast. This is, is it Nora calls this the herding bit, the people who get up at the back? Ah, <laughs> yes, yes. We put the heavy bags in the back, you see, besides bumping into people on the, in the front of the bus. How'd you get on, Michael? All right. You got the haircut? I did, yes. And a nice wave and all that. Except I'm poorer now than since I went in. Get for the house as well, Dermot. Go back again, Doris. How did you get on? Oh, good, top and good. Any bargains? Uh, no, no bargains up to Christmas. All stopped on now. And did you have any little drink or anything? A couple of little pints now. You know. You'd have to, like, in between, in between business, you know. Yeah. Did any? Oh, why don't the women do any little drinking? No. Pioneer. Oh God! Oh God! And there's no change in you at this stage, is there? Uh, I don't. I might as well continue on now. I was at a meeting last night, so I had to keep me in touch with the with pioneer meetings. I was looking at things I want, you know, that for a wedding present, but I didn't buy yet. I'd have to consult some of the family. <laughs> See if they'll cough up. Yeah. Yeah. 
If you enjoyed this documentary, you might like to listen to our other Documentary on One productions. Visit rte.ie forward slash doc on one.